0: The Go of Unconditional Identification Mark 10, verse 21 One thing thou lackest. Come, take up the cross, and follow me. The rich young ruler had the master passion to be perfect. When he saw Jesus Christ, he wanted to be like him. Our Lord never puts personal holiness to the fore when he calls a disciple. He puts absolute annihilation of my right to myself and identification with himself. A relationship with himself in which there is no other relationship. Luke chapter 14 verse 26 has nothing to do with the salvation or sanctification, but with unconditional identification with Jesus Christ. Very few of us know the absolute go of abandonment to Jesus then jesus beholding him loved him the look of jesus will mean a heart broken forever from allegiance to any other person or thing has jesus ever looked at you the look of jesus transforms and transfixes where you are soft with god is where the lord has looked at you if you are hard and vindictive Insistent on your own way, certain that the other person is more likely to be in the wrong than you are, it is an indication that there are whole tracks of your nature that have never been transformed by his gaze. One thing thou lackest. The only good thing from Jesus Christ's point of view is union with himself and nothing in between sell, whatsoever thou hast. I must reduce myself until I am a mere conscience man. I must fundamentally renounce possessions of all kinds. Not to save by soul, because only one thing saves a man, which is absolute reliance upon Jesus Christ. But in order to follow Jesus, come and follow me. And the road is the way he went. 1 Timothy, chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of of that which is truly life. Today's devotional is very timely for me right now because I'm currently in the process of earning more money than I've made before. And it's been a very slow progression. And I was, as I was going through um, the Bible today in preparation for today's devotional, I came across the parable in Luke 16, which is the parable of the dishonest manager. And it speaks a lot to my struggle with money. And so I'll start just by reading through it. And then after that, I'll process it. So it starts with Luke chapter 16, verse 1. He also said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, What shall I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light and i tell you make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails they may receive you into the eternal dwellings one who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much and one who is dishonest in a very little is also dishonest in much if then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you to true riches? And if you have been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So the two things that stand out the most and are also hard to understand, need to spend more time on this. Verse 8, the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. And then it says, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. So I'd assume that means, so the, the, the dishonest guy, he's caught in the act. He's fired, so he's doing what he can to secure a good standing. Or he's doing what he can to secure his future on earth. And it, this makes me think how my my relationship with money has always been very poor. I didn't see it as something valuable. I didn't see it as something that would be provided for me by anybody else, especially by a God who I never knew. But as I've been getting to know God by walking with Jesus, I've been seeing that money, yeah, it's, it's really not it's not something to focus on. And, and by being so kind of deficient of money most of my life, I was ultimately focusing on it in one way or another. And over the last year and a half, as I've been deepening my walk with Jesus, and my attention has been given to him and him alone, I've been losing my cares and my loves for other things, and it's been solely focused and just solely concentrated on Jesus Also, that relationship I had with money has been also, it's been different. It's changed. It's no longer the way it was. After I started my personal training business late last year, I switched to part-time at my job, made half the money, and so that means I needed to start using savings to pay for the essential stuff. And we did that for several months, and early this spring, right now it is the end of April. And towards the end of May, we were, no, the end of March, we were running out of money. We were down to the last several hundred dollars, and thanks, thankfully uh, doing taxes and stuff, we got a tax return, and that helped us. And at that same time, though, my training started picking up. I wasn't worried about... The amount of money that I had. I just wasn't. I wasn't worried about what my bank account getting to zero meant and mortgage and stuff being due. What I wasn't worried at all. I don't know why, but I just wasn't worried. Well, because I was focused on Jesus. That's why. But I, aside from that, I can't explain. And so I say this to, to just explain how really by focusing on jesus there isn't anything else to worry about there's so much comfort and security that comes in faith in him and by doing that by being faithful by abiding in him he'll provide he will provide for us it's impossible when we try to do it our own but with god it's possible he will provide he cares for us so much. So going back to verse 8, the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. If we're going to put so much effort into worrying one way or another about the things of this earth to secure our future on earth, why wouldn't we as believers do that to secure our future in heaven or to store up our riches in heaven? It's not about our future on earth. It's about our future after this experience on earth and that's what we need to be focused on and it's only only when we do it through by focusing on Jesus he'll provide that eternal future for us and then verse 9 says I tell you make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails they may receive you into the eternal dwellings Jesus says that make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails not if it fails, but when? Because moths will destroy. Thieves will steal. Money is so unimportant. It's If the focus is money, that's the problem. The focus needs to be on Jesus. And whatever we're doing to advance the kingdom here on earth, to store up riches in heaven, God will provide that. And money is just another thing. It's Money is no different than fruit, Or vegetables. It's it's just money. Food is just food. And by me going through months of fasting to understand that food, yeah, it is just food. It's absolutely important. Of course, it's essential to me living here on earth, but me being alive here on earth isn't the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is for me to be alive forever in heaven. That's what I care about. So it's not about consuming anything here on earth it's about focusing on Jesus so I can advance the kingdom here on earth so I can reach out to people who who are in the same experience that I was in, that Jesus pulled me out of so I can turn around and share the faith with people who are who are faithless, who are lost and all they need is Jesus cuz that's all it takes that's all that works and so the point is the point isn't money because it's going to fail the point is to make friends to focus on relationships to love our neighbors so that when money when whatever fails everything will fail so when that happens we'll re- we'll be received by the people who we love and who love us so i'll leave it here Oswald says that the look of Jesus will mean a heart broken forever from allegiance to any other person or thing. And then he asks the question, has Jesus ever looked at you? The look of Jesus transforms and transfixes. So I want to encourage you to look back at Jesus because he's there waiting for you. And if you're looking at him, I want to encourage you to keep going, even if it's really hard. The treasure that's in store, by being obedient to Him, is worth much more than anything you're reluctant to give up today. God bless you.